The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, let's clap all for Jesus here tonight. That's who gets the praise. The Lord gets the praise. Come on. You may be seated, you're sweet people. Let me, let me tell you something. Uh, when it starts Sunday, I will not be on the porch. I'm going to be here for the beginning of it because some of you folks make me miss the first of service. <laughs> not this Sunday. Everybody say, I ain't going to do it. Not this Sunday. I'm going to be in this house. So when you come in, I'll have my back to the door watching what's going on here. Because I love our musical weekend of Christmas. Randy puts a thing together every other year, and we have the children every other year. So last year was the kids, and they did a phenomenal job, and this year's the adults, and they will rock this house. And I'm excited to be a pastor of a church that knows how to do things like that. It's just an honor. It really, really is. And you can bring anybody you want to bring, and uh, they will enjoy it, I promise. If they love music, if they love music... I was, uh, I was in the bank today doing some business for the church, and several of the people over there at the bank attend our church, and there were some that don't. And they said, when is y'all's Christmas program? And I said, it's this Sunday. They said, oh, really? It's already? I said, yeah, it's our, this Sunday. He said, y'all going to do a lot of singing? We're going to do a lot of singing. And they said, wow, we sure like Christian Life Church's singing. And so I appreciate the fact that you're going to bring people with you. Come on, bring one with you Sunday. It just might be the person that's going to find Jesus and might live for God and be a missionary, do something for the kingdom of God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because you brought them to the Lord. So let's show up Sunday. Everybody say 9 o'clock, 1030, high noon, church at CLC, amen. Now stand up one more time. Got a little Catholic in me tonight. Stand, seat, stand, seat. If you're a guest here tonight, we welcome you and we honor you for being here. Thank you. It's been, been a long time since I've broken bread with you, and we're going we're gonna to take communion again tonight, so I'm very happy about that. I don't think that we can overdo communion, and we're going to receive it tonight on the first Wednesday. And thank you for being here. Well, hadn't this weather been so nice? It felt like, I mean, it felt like the other day. It felt like we were in summer. It did. And then all of a sudden, it just changed, and, uh, and, it's, and now it's winter. Now, it's hang around a couple of days, and it'll be 95 again. <laughs> That's how it is here. Somebody asked me about awesome weather. I said, well, if you don't like it one day, just hang around. The next day's going to be a whole lot better. That's the way it is. So I love you very, very much, and I'm not taking that back. I uh, had a wreck Monday, but I'm fine. Had a wreck Monday, but I'm fine. So I'm going to preach tonight in spite of the fact that I hurt my car. It was nobody's fault but mine. There was nobody else involved but me. Did I go to sleep? No. Was I distracted? No, I wasn't texting. I wasn't doing anything. It just something hit me I never saw coming. And uh, it hit me. And if you want more information, I'm writing a book on it. And uh, I'll set it for a quarter on Sunday, all right? <laughs> Tease it. Turn to somebody and say, we're going to celebrate life. It's time to celebrate life. It's time to celebrate life. It's time to celebrate life. No Scrooges at Christmas. It's time to celebrate life. Jesus is born. It's time to celebrate life. 
Amen. Now, I won't be lengthy. You may be seated. I read about a monk who taught a course in graduate school in Chinese philosophy. And the monk who taught the course said, as a Christian, you folks teach your children to pray all wrong. You teach them to pray if I should die before I wake. How many has ever prayed that prayer? I pray the Lord my soul to take. It would be better if you taught them to pray if I should wake before I die. The monk went on to point out that most of the people he knew were half awake when they ought to be asleep. But even worse, they were asleep when they, when they were asleep, they were half awake. No one seemed to be totally alive. Nobody seemed to be turned on to what was going on around them. I read about a professor who taught a course at the University of Pennsylvania where he picked a student on the front row and said, Young man, I have a question for you. How long have you lived? And the young man said, what do you mean? He said, how long have you lived? And the youth said, 20 years. And the professor said, no, no, that's how long your heart's been pumping blood. That's not how long you've lived. He told the class about the time that he went to the top of the Empire State Building in New York City when he was nine years old. And he ran around the top of the building and suddenly he caught himself and he said, wow, I am at the top of the Empire State Building. In one mystical, magical moment, he took in that whole city all around him. He said that he lived that moment with such intensity and focus on what was before him with such spiritual energy that he said, if I live to be a million years old, that moment will still be a part of my consciousness because for once in my life, I was fully alive and I lived it. He then looked at the student and said, now let me ask you the question again. How long have you lived? And the student looked back at him and said, Professor, when you say it that way, maybe an hour, maybe two minutes, maybe a minute. Most of my life has been the meaningless passage of time from Monday to Monday. And all few two moments when I was, there's very few moments when I was genuinely alive. That's an interesting commentary. Most of us do not live life as we should. We let it slip away from us. We stand around like some people say, I don't know where my life is gone. It seemed to me that just as soon as my skin cleared up, my hair fell out. My life slips by. It's gone. It is over. I want to stop that passage today in your life. And I want us to start breathing in great air from heaven. And I want us to start exhaling the glory of God in our life. We forget to celebrate this thing called life. And when Jesus' season of birth comes around, I think it's time to really celebrate the fact That because he came, we can celebrate him because he has come to save us. Amen. There's two words in the Bible for the word time, two Greek words. The first is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. It's time measured in years and months and weeks and days and hours and minutes. Then there's another word called charos, K-A-I-R-O-S. It's time marked by moments, not calendar time, but emotion time. Moments that make us laugh, moments that take our breath away, gives us smiles, oh, those moments. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president, said, it's not the number of years that one lives that matters, but the amount of life lived in those years. I did a funeral several years ago. The lady that died was only 54 years old. I was 55 at the time. 
And I spoke at that service that life is just a vapor. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. The book says that we should be taught to number our days in Psalms chapter 90. But greater than that, we need to ask whether we have really lived life. We need to ask this question, have we really celebrated life? Life is a gift. That's why we call it the precious present. It's a blessing. It's a grant, a grant from God. I want to put on the screen, and I I wrote this just out of my heart. I am God's greatest creation on this earth that was also created by Him. So the greatest creation, me and you, get to walk on His creation. Breathe His air. Live by His statutes. Walk under His canopy. Live by His will and His way. This is the greatest life that a man could ever live. Why do we sulk and why do we pity and why do we throw ourselves down and why do we not celebrate Jesus every day? Why do we not celebrate life every day? It's time for this church at the first of the month to take on a passion and take on this thing called celebration of life itself. Clap your hands and rejoice to that. The only people I see, the only people I see living life with any degree of joyful spontaneity are kids. Kids live happy. Kids can cry one minute and you think they're never going to quit crying and you just turn your back for 30 seconds and they're giggling again. (laughs) Children are so intense. They cry with agony, but they laugh with joy the next moment. They are turned on to what life is all about. We used to to do a thing here on Sunday night during the Halloween season called Fallapalooza. Anybody remember that? Some of you that were around, we did them on Sunday nights. They were, called, they were Christian talent shows. Lord, we had some show. We had some, man, we had some talent here. Wow. I'm scratching my head. When I scratch my head, it's just saying I'm trying to figure this out. I realized during those Fallapalooza Christian talent shows that children have such a zest for life. It's uncanny. Many times the top awards went to kids because they have no inhibitions. They have no fear of failure. Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's not my words, that's his words. He's not asking you to be childish. He's asking you to be childlike. How long has it been since you have Run in the rain with your tongue out trying to catch the drops. How long has it been since you've waved your arms to the heavens and say, you're my God? How long has it been since you've skipped down and done a little hopscotch on the sidewalk with your kids? How long has it been since you went in and made you some chocolate milk out of Hershey chocolate and drank it down and had chocolate milk all over you and looked in the mirror and said, I'm a child again? How long has it been? Since you've clapped your hands like a hummingbird wing, so fast, so happy, because you're just alive. How long has it been since your kids have looked at you and say, Dad, you you are the coolest thing in all the world. Mama, there ain't nobody like you because you're just like us. How long has it been since you've got tickled in the house of God? How long has it been since you've laughed until you fell over and you couldn't laugh anymore without going to the bathroom? How long has it been? 
since you've just been childlike. Somebody needs to stand on their feet right now and clap their hands and say, I'm getting the message, Pastor. I'm gonna become what Jesus wants me to become. Come on now. Woo, hallelujah. The first thing I notice about kids is they have no doubts about their real importance. They know they're important. They know they're important. They're going to be big people in the future. They know they're important. People who are worried about their life, their worth, their value usually go through life being overly concerned about themselves. I read about a five-year-old daughter of a man. One day during a thunderstorm with lightning flashing, thunder roaring, he went to check on her in her room. And he found the little girl standing on a windowsill, standing, leaning spread eagled against the window pane. And he asked, what are you doing, baby? She said, I think God's trying to take my picture. <laughs> Here was a little girl who knew who she was. She knew her value. She knew her worth. If you're going to live life fully, you need to feel good about yourself. Most people I know are down on themselves. That's the reason Jesus came. To change your opinion about yourself. Jesus came to the world to do something that would enable you to feel differently about yourself. I put it on the screen. I wrote it. Most people I know can name the things that are wrong in their lives. But they can, but I know can name the things that are wrong in their lives. But they can name very few, if anything, that is right in their lives. We always talk about what's not right. They beat their chest and say, there's no There's so much wrong with me. Of course there's a lot wrong with us. Of course there is. There's a lot wrong with me too. But here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus came in this season into the world not only to die for our sins, but to absorb everything that is dirty and ugly and negative and to free us from all of that. He not only cleanses you from the dark side of your personality and removes those things that ought not to be, but he empowers Puts into you his righteousness. I love that. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. And by the way, Mr. Trump has just announced that Jerusalem is going to be the capital of Israel again. And we're moving our, our people there. Whether you know it or not, 1917 was the Balfour Agreement. That's 100 years ago that included Israel. Whether you know it or not, 1947 is when they said Israel would become a nation. It happened in 48 in the war. That was 70 years ago. And whether you know it or not, 1967, 50 years ago, was a six-day war when Israel won and the barbed wire was cut and they came back into their country. So here's what I want to tell you. Get ready, folks. We're in the time right now. In a time right now. I told you September 23rd that something was happening. It was the beginning of something. It's happening right now. There's going to be, that Jerusalem is going to be built. There's going to be a tower, a temple built there on that temple mount. That's controlled now by another religion. But God's going to establish his name again. God's going to establish his name again. And it's going to be there that's going to be a thousand years of peace on this earth right there from that place because it is the place that God's going to rule and reign in for a thousand years. Here's what I want to tell you, folks. That is setting up because the church is fixing to get out of here and we're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. If you can't get excited about that, 
You need to do some Toyota commercials about that. Reach up and click your heels together and say hallelujah. You need to get excited about what Jesus is doing in this world right now. Oh, somebody help me preach. I can't wait to get to heaven. I've dreamed about it, what it'll do when I get there. You can walk if you want to. I think I'm going to run. I'm going to yell at the angels. Get out of my way. You're just a messenger. I'm a redeemed child of God. I want my piece of the pie. Hey, Michael. Hey, Gabriel. I'll get with you a little later and we'll go have a cheeseburger, but not now. Any bluebell up here? I'm going to go before the throne of Jesus. I'm going to look at him. And I'm just going to stand there. I may not say anything. I don't have to because Jesus will be there. Now, don't take me wrong when I say this, but he's going to say, how's my friend Rex? The perfect one. My preacher. My pastor boy in Austin, Texas. My son. The one with a good spirit. Ha. I hope Patty's there to hear that. Praise God. Just hope she is. You see, how can you get away with that, Pastor? Because the scripture says, my sins are blotted out. He does not see me as man sees me. He sees me through the blood that he shed for me. My sins are gone. They're buried in the deepest sea. They're remembered no more. He'll present me before the Father, spotless, redeemed. I can shout about that. I can rejoice about that. I can get happy about that. I can become childlike about that. And all these things about yourself that you don't like, Jesus says, let me take them upon myself and make them my own. Dr. Hughes is a psychologist used to come to our church pretty regular and help us with counseling before we got an educated staff. So proud for the young men on our staff that have their education. They can do things now. We used to have to hire people to come in and do. But he taught me something about psychotherapy, Dr. Hughes did, and some of you can testify. After a brief talk with Dr. Hughes, I would feel terrific about the church and terrific about everything that's negative about my life had been transferred over to him, the therapist. And we just talked as friends. He wasn't counseling me, we just talked. And at the end of the session, a good psychotherapist is feeling terrible And the patient is feeling great because through the process of discussion, everything negative about you has been moved over to the psychiatrist or the psychologist. And Jesus is the ultimate counselor. The Holy Ghost is the ultimate comforter. And the ultimate psychotherapist who takes upon himself everything that's dirty and ugly and rotten. Everything that has you down on yourself, he takes it upon himself And he makes it his own. His words, cast your cares on me. Because I care for you. That's the good news of the gospel. He stands at the door and knocks. Have you ever seen that picture of Revelation 3 and 20? You ever seen the picture of him standing there? You know know what's missing? A doorknob on the outside of that picture. The doorknob's not on the outside, it's on the inside. Only you control to let Jesus into your life. Amen. You can have a childlike freedom that comes with deliverance from all that negative and darkness. And you're able to live life passionately and intensely with great excitement. 
No doubts about their importance. That's what kids are. The second thing is children have a quality of what I call spontaneous joy. (laughs) Sunday we have our kids over every Sunday night and when they come in it's like the volume level goes up. Have you ever seen those football games or those basketball games when they, they want the fans to really go and that needle starts going up? You know they show that needle. That needle starts going up when our kids walk in the house and it stays up. It's just on that roar side. And then when they walk out, it just dies. And you think for a moment, oh, God, peace. Thank you, Jesus. Peace, peace. Hallelujah. I, I, I received a phone call the other day on, on Sunday night, this last Sunday night. And, and, and when I walk out of the room, there's a little four-year-old girl named Caroline that was on the film tonight, little Caroline. And, and, and wherever she goes, a little three-year-old boy named Finley follows her. And wherever Finley goes, <laughs> a little two-year-old girl named Ellery Joy follows him and wherever the Ellery goes a little bitty one named Lennon follows her so it's like ducks you know what I'm saying little it's ducks so I walk out of the room with the phone I was making a phone call having had a phone call come in I was walk I walked to the front room and I turn around and they're all standing there just looking at me and when I turn around to Sim they say Bo 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 what you doing Bo 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 yeah 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 Bo what you doing I said, I'm on the phone. I'm, uh, just a second, sir. Just a second. Hold this a minute. I'm on the phone, kids. I'm on the phone. Ay, ay, ay. Bo's on the phone. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> and so I said, I, I, I'll be out. I, I, so I walk out on the front porch. And I turn around. And they're looking out the window at me. <laughs> God, to have that kind of joy. Spontaneous joy. I read about a man who took his son to Disneyland when he was just a little boy. They were leaving. The boy said, I want to ride Space Mountain again, Daddy. The dad said, wait a minute. I'm out of money and I'm out of time. Of course, Disneyland, just one price pays all, but he had the kid food. And the child said, Jesus wants me to go ride that ride, Daddy. (laughs) The dad said, I'm not reading you, son. And he said, well, when you were in church, you said whatever we feel, Jesus feels. When we cry, he cries. You said Jesus feels every, every emotion that we have. And dad said, that's right. And the boy said, if he feels every emotion I have, then when I'm laughing on that magic mountain, he's having a good time too, dad. I think he would enjoy it if I had another ride on the space mountain. Not bad theology. Not bad. My boy used to ride before the Lord took him. My boy used to ride in the back of the church van. It was, a, it was a 12-seater, and, and it had a little space, and, and then he would stand between the back seat and the back door of that van. God, it was a dangerous place because if we got rear-ended or anything, he would be crunched, but thank God we never were. On the way home from church, and there was one road that was kind of out of the way, but I went down it one day. You had to make an effort to get to that road. But if it had a hill that he loved, one of these hills that you go up and then you go down and and I'd hit that hill, and, and, the, and, the, and the van would kind of act like it was coming off the ground. It never did, but it felt that way. And made his tummy go, is what he said, wee! <laughs> yes, I guess that road we almost took was the wee road. The wee road. Some of us need to ride on the wee road. Amen. Some of you need to get a wee in your life. <laughs> joy. Just Joy. We have a God who wants us to be freed from the burdens that keep us from enjoying life and living it intensely. He wants to fill us, everybody say, with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. 
Don't you get tired of looking in the mirror frowning? Don't you get tired of looking at yourself and say, boy, I'm ugly. Why don't you look in the mirror and smile at yourself sometimes? And then maybe if you start making yourself happy by smiling, you'd make somebody else happy by smiling at them. Why don't you do that? Why don't you enjoy this thing called the journey? You know, Christianity is about the joy of the Lord. That's what spirituality is about. It's not about heaven. It's not about heaven. It's about Jesus who can invade your life and create in you a spontaneous excitement about living. That's what you need to do to surrender to the Lord. Chesterton said it this way, I thank God is the only child left in the universe and all the rest of us have grown old and cynical because of our sin. I'm going to set this little thing up here. I, I, I got a little video I want you to watch. My little grandson, Finley, turned three years old last month. And every time I see this video, it makes me cry. So uh, it's amazing. This kid's turned three years old. He is the joy of my life. He kind of looks like me. <laughs> and he, and he's, got, he's, got that, he's got that energy that I had when I was a kid. And this is his third birthday. It's going to be about 45 seconds to a minute. But I, I, want, I want you to see him rejoicing. Him rejoicing over a birthday song on his birthday. Here's a child. God create daisies I say like a child you throw a child up in the air bounce him off your knee and when you set him down on the floor again the first thing the kid says is do it again daddy <laughs> throw him in the air catch him bounce him off your knee set him on the floor the kid will yell do it again do it 50 times and the 50th time the kid is yelling hysterically do it again daddy do it again do it again the excitement of a little child that's how God created daisies he created one daisy, I'm sure of this. In the childlike heart of God, he clapped and said, do it again. And he created daisy number two, something within God said, do it again. He created daisy number three and four and five and 50 billion and trillion daisies later. The great God of the universe is still creating with childlike excitement and joy. And still yelling, do it again, do it again. Remember when you was young and you was full of life and vital and dynamic? It's kind of grown dull and slow and boring. No wonder Jesus said, look, why don't you come to me and be born again? See, here's the thing. There's some people that think that when you're born again, that you're just set. That's the, that is your, 
That's your, that's your entrance papers. That's not your graduation certificate. Some of us need to be born again of joy in our lives again. Some of us need to be born again of a happiness from God in our lives. I'm going to be teaching on that the next couple of weeks. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about celebrate happiness. I'm going to talk about celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We need to celebrate, folks. We need to be a celebratory church. And if we don't watch ourselves, we can lose our celebration. We can lose it because we forget how great we have it when we have the kingdom of God in our life. Amen. Say praise the Lord. So. There's no doubt about their real importance. The children have a quality of spontaneous joy. And number three, the children have absolute confidence in the future. They're not worried about it. I worked with kids as a job and calling for a space of nine years. And when I learned in that society that they haven't been beaten down yet, I still would deal with all kinds of kids, all cultures when I go even here, all shapes, all sizes, background, society, hadn't beat them down yet. They still believe in the future. Ask them what you're going to do and what you're going to be. And they'll say, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a surgeon. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be a missionary. Teacher taught a special eds class in a school one time. He caught all kinds of unique life skills. He was great for the special eds people and the kids. But he also taught them they could do and be anything that they wanted to achieve. They could be anything they wanted to be. They took him at his word, even though they were mentally challenged. They took this man at his word. And one day one of these young men came and he came with a broken toaster under this arm that needed to be repaired. But in the other arm he carried a loaf of bread and some butter. Because he knew he's going to fix that toaster and have him some bread and butter. Some of you that have broken dreams and broken hearts, you need to bring them to Jesus and get ready. Bring your bread with you. Bring your butter because God's going to fix you up and you're going to go out of here rejoicing. Because God is not going to let you down. When you expect things and you see your future, things will happen in your life. I didn't see the movie. It was called The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Yet I read about one of the most painful scenes in the film is when Malcolm X realizes that the system will not allow him to be a lawyer and his dream is shattered. But here's the good news of the gospel. We have a Jesus who creates dreams and visions for us. To paraphrase scripture... When the young no longer have visions and the old no longer dream dreams, people perish. Come on, young men. Let's have visions. Come on, older people. Let's dream dreams. Let's still believe that God is with us. Children believe that they can do something incredible with themselves. There are no limits. They can do and be anything. My grandson's not in here, one of them, but... He's a, he's a tremendous little basketball player. Tremendous. He's the, he said, I'm going to be a preacher and play in the NBA. <laughs> well, whatever. But he's, got, he's going to get some Kyrie Irving's tennis shoes this Christmas. I saw him the other day, and I didn't like the price we paid. So often people don't have much of a future. I always say a person is old when his dreams of the past are more precious than his visions of the future. I'm not far from finishing. You're cynical when in fact you don't believe in tomorrow. I want to tell you about God who wants to make you believe in the future even when you are old. Abraham was 90 years old when God gave him a vision. 
You're never too old and you're never too young to surrender to God. Somebody say glory. He will not only make you believe in yourself, but believe that the future will be better than the past. If there's any argument that I have with modern sociology and psychology, it's this. It's that they are too focused on yesterday and your past. They say if you want to understand a person, you must understand where he's come from, his background. What's more important to me is that your past, not, not your past and how you were raised, it's your vision of the future that you see for yourself. Because I'm tired of having to preach people out of yesterday. I'm ready to turn you towards something and say you've got something great in front of your life right now. Why don't you reach to achieve instead of reach back and try to forget? Go forward in the kingdom of God. Watch what God can do in your life. What do you believe you can still become? What do you believe? I met Colonel Sanders in a bathroom in Salt Lake City at a conference. I said, you're the colonel. He said, I am. I said, I love your chicken. He said, good. He had his white suit on. So seriously. Had that little beard. He was a sharp man. He's a little Holy Ghost fella. He loved Jesus. He invented chicken at 66. <laughs> Lord. Lord, I don't know if I love Popeye's more than his now, but that lady down there in Louisiana made some nice Popeye's chicken too. You know why preachers love chicken? Because we're trying to get back at that rooster that squealed on Peter. That's why. <laughs> That's old, but it's still funny. And old Colonel Sanders said, as soon as I wash my hands, I want to shake yours. That's what he said. So we shook hands. And I said, sir, I admire you. And so I'm a young minister. But one day I'll be an old minister. And I want you to know something. Your life will inspire me till the day I die. And I'm talking about him now. And I'm older than he was when he created chicken. I didn't create chicken. God created chicken. He just made it good. But here I stand today, and I'm going to wash my hands, and I'm going to shake your hands after church. And I'm going to tell you, you can be anything God wants you to be even now. You can be anything God wants you to be even now. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. You can do it because God's for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? It's time for this church to celebrate life. I believe that a person is more controlled by his vision of tomorrow than his dreams of yesterday. Let's move forward. I will miss my boy this Christmas. I'm not, I'm not going to get emotional, but I'll miss my boy. He was a good kid. Now, I've got four grandsons, and every one of them are just, they're just great. They're just great. I love my grandkids. But my boy and I had a special bond. <laughs> the day he died... I was paying bills. It was the 13th of the month, and I, had to, I paid my bills on the 28th of the month and the 13th of the month. Paid them on the 1st and 15th. They had to be there on time. And I was paying bills, and he wanted to go outside and throw the ball. I made this statement. I said, son, i got to pay the bills to keep the wolf away from the door. He went to the door and looked out, and he came back and said, daddy, I've been to the door. There's no wolf. And uh, for one little moment, every now and then, and it's, I, I feel it at the holidays, every, every now and then, I wish I would have quit 
right in the bills. And I wish I'd have went and tossed the ball with my kid. I wish I would have gone outside with him and threw the ball at him and run him till he was sweated. Then come in and pay the bills. The bottom line is simply this. The bottom line is simply this. Is that you parents that have children. Don't be old. Don't be old. Don't be fossils. Love life with your kids. And you grandparents that are grandparents of wonderful kids. Learn how to still play catch. Learn how to still knit a sweater with your granddaughter. Or whatever. Learn how to take them to Bluebell and get them some ice cream. Learn how to do some things with those kids because I promise you, I promise you this. We need to celebrate life like never before. We need to celebrate life. We need to celebrate life. We need to celebrate. We need to celebrate life. And I'm not, I'm not talking about just jumping and hollering in the church. I'm talking about getting that zest in you, that thrill in you, that joy in you. Why don't you take a trip down the wee road tonight? Just wee. Have a time. Just enjoy life. Just enjoy life. My wife can tell you. My wife can tell you. I have moments in my life when I can just start singing some of the stupidest songs. And she knows I'm not crazy. No, she knows I'm not insane. I've always been a little crazy. But, but one guy said it keeps me from going insane. But I think it's time for us to sing songs in the night. I think it's time for us to rejoice in the daytime. I think it's time for us just to go through life and live life to its fullest. Come on, let's do it. Let's walk. Let's walk into the wind. Let's, let's, let's act like that we are a part of the kingdom of God because we are. We're His greatest creation. We're walking on His terra firma. Let's celebrate life. Amen? Stand to your feet and clap your hands and rejoice with me right now. Let's... let's Let's praise him a little bit right now all over the house. Come on. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive it. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive it.